0: still like Carlota you know I know I have to be grateful and all of this but I'm not sure I took the right decision I, you know there is for good and for bad there is not a path that we have to follow so I think the most important thing is being honest with ourselves with what we like with what we want because we, we just have this life and then trying to manage as best as we can to be as near it, uh, as we can.
1: Back to the authentic entrepreneur with your host, Oscar War. We're live. entrepreneur. I am interviewing Carlotta Corzo. She is the co-founder of Lazaro, who is also an artist coming from an art history background, but is currently writing a book at, at the same time about polymaths. Super exciting to have her because of her journey where she's transitioned from one industry of art into something completely different, which we'll talk about into the tech industry and about how all these can be combined and what this journey has been about. So How are you doing, Carlota? So great to have you.
0: Very well, Oscar. Thank you very much for inviting me.
1: Well, thank you for coming on. I'd love to, yeah, just start with the. I love to start with the journey of the the beginnings. Where did this this passion and the idea for Lazaro? Let's start there. Where did that come from?
0: (laughs) Well, uh, actually, it is a long story. Okay, long story short, Uh, I created uh, three NGOs and do it to this. Uh, the three guys of Lateral, that in that moment was just a project, a crowdfunding platform based on blockchain, uh, contacted me because they wanted to put NGOs inside of the inside of the platform to taste it and this kind of stuff. Uh, in that moment, I was just beginning to learn about blockchain. Actually, the first time was in a party and it was super, super nice. And uh, in that party, I remember I ended up just like, you know my mind blowing like oh, i have to change the world with this technology and we have to apply it with ngos and doing social impact and blah, blah 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 and suddenly at the same time these guys contacted me because of the ngos and uh, well you know little by little i realized that uh, i was getting more and more involved into the project and i just told them you know guys i have to i have to be in we agreed and we moved forward they, the first uh, goal of the technology or of Lazaro, it was actually regarding transparency. So our aim, it was to develop a platform by which the donations to the NGOs could be traceabilized in a way that we could guarantee transparency to the donors. Uh, that was the beginning. We won some prices, you know, we went, we went, we, got, we got some clubs, we got actually like uh, 14,000 euros moving around the platform. Not for us, because we were not a company, we were nothing, just for the NGOs by then to them. Uh, but then we realized that NGOs were not digitalized. And we were like, okay, how are we going to trust something that is not digital? You know, it, it didn't make sense at all. And it was when we resought the model to a software as a service in which the NGOs, in which we will not give just um, benefits to the donors regarding transparency, but also to the NGOs. So we decided to help NGOs to digitalize and meanwhile, giving the transparency to the donors. So basically what we do nowadays is we give to the NGOs a tool by which they can create their own super easy uh, website with all the ways of fundraising that there are available on the internet right now. Plus, the support these NGOs need to raise their, their funds thanks to an amazing human team. Plus, give mm. the transparency to the donors thanks to blockchain technology.
1: Amazing. So, yeah. I thought, yeah, Lazaro also helps people to track their donations to ngos on the blockchain and now you also help ngos to set up their digital space their digital um yeah space in the on the internet that's really cool i was super surprised that when you said that the ngos are not digitalized because ngos run on donations right and how are people supposed to make donations if they're not they don't have a presence on the internet
0: yeah exactly
1: that's a very good problem that you found to be able to solve i mean it's really interesting to see how the concept evolves, because first of all, yeah, tr- tracing the donations is super important. I'm sure people be, have been thinking about that for a while, but also being to add that um, s- service on afterwards.
0: Yeah, well, actually, when, you, when we realized that this, you have to imagine in Spain, there is just 8% of the NGOs that have digitalization strategy. And what we found out is that this NGOs, but the small and medium enterprises is 14%. I don't know with the numbers after COVID, but 14%. (laughs) So it's not that uh, uncommon, you know, it is very interesting because nowadays in the same space and in the same time, moment of time we are leaving people that have been developing their, com- their companies 40 years ago mm. and that right now they are the director of highly successful companies that they are not able some of them to use email that they still send in burofax and faxes and, uh, and uh, at the same time we have people uh, like more of our age that they, we do not conceive Uh, the world without you know sending an email or this kind of stuff so we are actually super interesting moment moment in which we can find this combination regarding the NGOs area uh we find out that most of the people when they think about an NGO they think about you know uh, Red Cross UNICEF or these ones that that are actually the main that we have in our minds but the most of the NGOs Are those those, are they, you know, association of parents with children with rare diseases, for example, Mm. or these kind of things, that they're basically a group of people that they find out there was a problem that the government was not solving, and they want to raise funds or they want to uh, raise awareness or whatever to solve this problem. And, uh, And those are actually the majority of the NGOs. So the challenge with them for not digitalizing, what we found out, is that First of all, they do not have the resources because if they want, either they either you have the knowledge, or either you pay for it. And since you are a nonprofit and you're working of volunteers, if your volunteers have the knowledge and they stay wonderful, that doesn't usually happen. You know, you have a lot of rotation usually among volunteers. And otherwise, if you want to pay for this, you don't have the money usually mm. because the money and it 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 creates a lot of uh, pain in their hearts to think about giving the money to a, a concept of digitalization that is super abstract when they do not know when the money is gonna be back for the cows. So it is, we understand that it's challenging.
1: Wow, wow, two points. First of all, I think it's really impressive and super powerful that how you understand your customers so well, like you're saying, how, how they're feeling already. And I, I was just listening to a, a webinar yesterday and they're always they're talking about in business the three things you need to know. And the first is to understand your ideal client. And if you're saying that these are the pain points and that's how they're feeling about the transactions of money, then that's exactly how you need to be able to understand them because then you can communicate and show them how your service much more easily. And then would you agree?
0: Yes. The the, the thing is that well, as I told you, on the one hand, I created a uh, three NGOs and I know like you have no money or you have minus money, okay, yeah, there, is, there is no, and uh, the way to achieve your goals is basically to inspire people to work without paying them. That, that's the, that's a, that's a, with your great vision or whatever, and the work you're putting. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, we've been in contact uh, with NGOs science, this first uh, project, and they are telling us constantly, you know, Mm, the pains that they have, the problems that they have, and the product—even we've designed it with them. Actually, we always tell the story. One of the main NGOs we've been designing the, uh, the uh, well the SAS with—it was the one of my grandfather. That the youngest people in that NGO has 60 years old. So imagine the situation, and they're doing great actually this year with no digital tools. They fundraised 70,000 euros for uh, giving food here in Coruña. In Coruña, I'm in Coruña, by the way. Wow. So, I mean, there are other, we, we think like NGOs uh, that are not digitalized, like, you know, they are like um, old and this kind of stuff that they are many times, but they're actually creating a lot of impact, sometimes mm. much more than the ones that are digitalized and they're just, you know, raising awareness or whatever. The thing is, like, to being able to make these two, worlds to, to live together and to use the tools that they already know, but not forgetting that there are way more other opportunities nowadays.
1: Yeah. Wow. It's, it's true. It's true. I'm super impressed. And I guess it's just from even though they don't have any digital, it's like the, just the word of mouth must work really well then, I guess.
0: Well, I would say that uh, the difference in there, what I found is that uh, people of our age, we tend to change a lot. For example, I mean, you you either have two options or you are super innovative, you know how to work super well, you know a lot of tools, you move a lot and you, you know, create a lot of impact in a specific Mm -hmm. moment or you have the resources or whatever that is not often in the people of our age or less. Or you are in the same place doing the same for a lot of years because with that you get knowledge. And each year you're doing more. I mean, I'm sure this organization didn't raise that much the first year they did it. But now that they've been doing it every year for so many years that they know where to go, they know who to ask the thing, they saw the people sees what they do to the community. Now it is easier for them, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, before we move on to the next part of your journey, I'd love to know just for the general public to understand what's how does it work then on the blockchain? Let's Let's get into the tech just a little bit. <laughs>
0: well, actually, we try to make it super simple, you know, because it doesn't make any kind of sense to send to, send to, the, to the NGOs like, yeah, I'm blockchain and we have the nodes and the, all of this kind of <laughs> thing. It doesn't make sense. Actually, the blockchain technology we use is called uh, Cash, And for the donors to donate, it's for them to, like donating with a credit card or with a card. They do not realize they're using blockchain because all of that is happening in the back. They just know it because we are saying it, and at the end of the donation, a hash, this like a link, is appearing with the traceability of the donation. So, in our case, we just wanted to focus in two main areas. On the one hand, providing this traceability, and on the other hand, to make it super super easy for the people who do not know. When sometimes when I say blockchain, people do not realize, but Bitcoin yes. So <laughs> blockchain is the technology that is behind Bitcoin and all of these kind of cryptocurrencies, but that it also works for other kinds of things like smart contracts and, in our case, our aim it was to provide this uh, follow-up of the donations, to provide to the donors that, you know, that you're putting the money to this, it is actually going to ease, because there is nothing more pure than, you know, giving your money that costs you effort to, to a cause and it doesn't make any kind of sense that they cannot guarantee you that the money is going to go where you've you, 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 you been told. So that was the point. And blockchain just seemed to be like, oh my God, this technology appeared. We can do that now.
1: Totally. And we just
0: went through
1: <laughs> Yeah. And do you think that most NGOs will, will try to switch to this model in the future? Because that's what they should be guaranteeing now to their donors that they, sh- they can show where their money has been spent
0: well that's our goal (laughs) basically to to create a new model of transparency and actually we are beginning with the with the ngos because it's the public we know is the people we think they need the most help and all of this kind of stuff but the ideal will be that this standard of transparency warranted by the technology will not be just in the ngos but also in the companies and even in the governments imagine to trust realize where your taxes go magic <laughs> it's so cool <laughs> no corruption cases anymore <laughs>
1: wow that would, be great. that would be insane yeah there's a lot of potential that's really incredible
0: that's the
1: thing yeah and so since you sound super comfortable with blockchain what you were telling me before we hit record and last time we talked was that you before that, we're not comfortable with tech at all, and this was something super super scary. So I'm wondering, how did you go from being a big artist, super into the arts, into this tech, and like, what was what was the feeling actually of having to change like that? Was it scary at some point?
0: Well, I have to say that everything I've done in my life. At some point, I felt scared, in the sense of when you when you are aiming to do something that is new or something that it, it creates you a lot of uh, feelings like you know you when you want to achieve something else or something new or something whatever you, you are putting yourself in an uncertainty uncertainty situation. So. There is going to there, it has to be a point of you know I don't know how to do this, I am taking the right decision. where are you doing this again Carlotta? <laughs> and this kind of and this kind of uh, stuff. But it, it always uh, I, I found I found if you not if you do not do something new, if you do not put yourself in different situations, you're gonna stay always in the same place with the same resources. And if your goal, is to go farther away, you will have to do it. There, there is no other way around. I mean, and the, the thing is that in my case, I studied uh, fine arts, which is something that I truly loved, but in general, I love to study. I love to learn, I love to know new stuff. So I'm constantly, there. now I'm with my second master actually. and. Uh, I found in my process of doing arts, what I most liked of it, actually uh, I also did uh, my final work on sociology and all of this kind of stuff was the social impact. So how can I create a bigger impact uh, on the society with the point in which I was in this moment that was fine arts. And I find out that the thing I most liked from arts was actually creativity, which was this need of continuously rethink everything to make it better. Constantly, something that I was not able to avoid, potentiated by with the with the degree, and then I found my master on impact through innovation. I found innovation, but in that moment, in Spain, was not like you know in a in a hype. And uh, I got a scholarship, and I found my way of transforming this creativity and this need of rethinking to different areas through this kind of methodologies and so on. Then my process of, uh, you know, making NGOs to make the world a better place to complete uh, stuff, and am doing it not digitally, just, you mm. know, let's go there, let's do this, let's help these people and this kind of stuff. Uh, I apply it, actually, while doing an Erasmus for Young Entrepreneurs in Italy to European funding uh, for developing a technological project uh, on gender that we got the funds, actually, and in that moment, I realized that, like, Carlotta, technology makes everything exponential, even the social impact. You will have to learn this at the end. And I realized that I was like, Pff. I mean, I, I didn't see it anymore as, you know, oh my God, I have to do this work for the degree with the computer, and I hate it. I saw it more like, oh my God! With this, I can make so much good in the world, and the and well, with the projects I I, I am doing, that there is I I just saw it as an opportunity. In that moment, uh, I got an offer actually to go to work in a technological company as a social impact consultant, and I was like, I'm gonna learn now. <laughs> so it was just perfect.
1: Wow! Basically. Amazing. I think it's very important, like for many people, that oftentimes there's this big scary step or other world that that you don't want to venture in, or like you don't know how to get into. And for you, it was technology, but through a specific uh, certain experience, I guess the Rasmus experience for you helped you to see what the potential was. So that's really amazing, and yeah, I love that you that you're able to share that because I think for a lot of people, and like I'm thinking at the, this moment as well. For my own business around coaching and training people to become better, uh, yeah, better professionals, more confident. That I should also I also want to move into the the crypto or the blockchain space, and do things there. And there's thoughts that always come up, like if I'm because I want to launch my own NFT set, and then NFTs are super overhyped, and the general public doesn't really understand it, right? So then I'm like, oh, there's these voices or the general public people saying like, oh, is it just JPEGs and there's so much confusion? Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah. Know, the
0: thing is that if you do it or if you do not do it, the time will pass anyway. Yeah. So if the time passes anyway and you've done it, it's, it's done in, the, I mean, it's already done. You expose your brain to new kind of impacts, so that that's also beneficial for your health and your brain. And if it doesn't work for the business area, at least you got the smarter. Exactly. <laughs> and you know something else. So I mean. I know that sometimes uh trying uh, new things especially when we are speaking about business that we you know measure time so much uh, can be challenging in the sense of oh my god I investing time in this while I should be investing it in other things and this kind of stuff what happens if it doesn't work But at the end I mean if you like your business and I think you like and uh, you like all the crypto world and this kind of stuff whatever you do. At least, you know you put a lot of money and you lose it, is is gonna get back to you as at least as knowledge, and you're gonna be able to speak with different people about the the same thing. You you you, don't, you never know how it's gonna revert, but for sure, you're gonna be in a better position than you were if you didn't basically. And we have more time than we think. That's also as <laughs> as that I always have you know, because. At the end, they has 24 hours and we usually lose a lot of time with uh, the phone or whatever kind of things. Sometimes it's just, you know, to re- reubicate the time we we invest in, in other things the, to, try more, to try more stuff.
1: Basically. Yeah, 100%. I love that mindset. And it's true <laughs> because people often um, underestimate how much they can do in like a longer period of time, like three or five years and overestimate how much they can do in a short period of time. So... Keeping keeping that long term perspective about growth and always learning is really amazing. Yeah, it's
0: difficult though, mm. because I understand that uh, we work more, and especially now with social media stuff, with uh, short rewards. So it is it is very easy, especially when we live also in urgency and we are tired all the time to to focus on, um, you know, this is what I want to do in a long time perspective. And for this, in my process, I'm going to do this stuff. And every day, I'm going to work in this way and learning that on that. But I don't know. I mean, the, there is another challenge in there also, uh, I think, that is regarding the bad perspective that it was given for us, like, you know, when we went at the school and at the university about studying and learning new things, which is actually uh, super amazing. and. Our brain, uh, I think, that actually rewards us when we realize something, like when we will have an Aureka moment or when we learn something new. But it costs an effort, you know, to, to do that. So it, it's kind of the challenge, but actually it's something that we, we should like. Whatever we learn, usually there is always a way to apply it to whatever what we are doing, Yeah, which is where innovation comes from. So, mm.
1: 100%. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, talking about that, the little rewards and relating it to goal setting that's why i think it's and it's like proven to be it very important to have uh, be focused and set goals that you know exactly where they are in the in your timeline and you know when you'll have achieved them but then from that long term goal to make small milestones so that you can yeah make sure that you're hitting them and then that re- provides the gratitude um, the gratification yeah which is really cool i'm going to it though, so yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah. So and so, speaking about productivity or goal setting, what I love to know is um, we were talking about habits a little bit last time, and um, yeah, if you have any specific habits that you do to make sure that you're always learning or <laughs> something that keeps you motivated, how how do you structure your your life?
0: Well, uh, I would say I never have a game. But, uh, but at the same time i consider i consider like every day not, not that every day is a vacation because i'm usually working all the time or studying or doing things but uh, i do it because i want i enjoy it and uh, and uh, so it's a kind of a different feeling you know so usually the first thing i do in the morning is going to the gym <laughs> that actually gives me you know the Because I, in my case, I I wake up with a lot of energy, like too much, like questioning the universe, where do we come from, where do we go, all these kind of things. And uh, I mean, I cannot stand myself, basically. (laughs) So I go to the gym, I do my stuff, I, I focus myself, I come back, I have breakfast, I take my coffee, and then the world begins and the world begins uh, in a good way. You know, so basically that is actually what uh, helps me after that. uh, It depends where I am. But usually, you know, I begin to work, I have lunch. Now, for example, I am visiting my family here in Coruña, where are my grandparents, my mom, my cousins and so on. So usually after lunch, I go with my grandparents and we read uh, a book together for uh, half an hour or one hour. Then I come back, I work more, I begin to study. I sleep and repeat, <laughs> basically. There is, there is uh, it, it basically depends on the, on the place. I will try also to go visit places since I'm here and this kind of yeah. stuff.
1: Well, a, I think the most important thing is doing what you, what you like to do and valuing. Because if you didn't have a job or the business that you enjoy, then it would be definitely having a big impact on your general motivation and how you structure your day. So cool. Yeah, I feel,
0: that's why we. I said before that being grateful is also important, you know, mm. because uh, in in this sense, realizing that because in Spain, I think there was a fifty. The last data I don't know was if it was forty or fifty-five percent of youth unemployment, which. Uh, wow. Technically, I'm still <laughs> in the in the in the in the group, uh, and it's it's just incredible you know and yeah. realize that even though of course you work a lot to achieve what you achieve and this kind of stuff but you you're, you're you had a family that, that tried to help you as much as they could you had uh, good health you you i mean you all of these kind of situations that we take for granted that we could have we could didn't we could not have uh, it is important that we realize them, you know. So somehow it's like uh, valorating what you've done, where you are, and what you're gonna achieve, and do not uh, and do not uh, underestimate it what you've done. But at the same time, realizing why you are there, how much people helped you, the good things you had, and these kind of things to somehow keep a balance. Or actually, where you are.
1: Wow, I didn't know the unemployment rate was so high, and it's it's true. Being able to Appreciate what you have, and then see opportunities at the same time is not always the easiest. But that's crazy. That makes me want to, yeah. It's like first of all, find these people and say it is in their their hands. Because often times people want to get the opportunities handed to them and get guided, and but aren't taught how to create their own plans or design their own their own destiny. I guess that's that's pretty crazy. Youth is below thirty, was it?
0: Yes. Uh, Well, regarding destiny, not sure. I mean, I think uh, I'm not going to get into beliefs, but as much as the only thing I know is that as much as responsibility you take from your situation, more tools you will have to change. it. Mm -hmm. So if we put responsibility away for us, you know, oh, destiny. Oh, God all is all, all of these people, then you're going to do nothing to change. But you say like, okay, all of this is shit or all of this is going like that. What can I do to put myself in a better position? Then the dialogue with yourself and with uh, what you do changes completely.
1: Totally. Now, what would you say to these, the people who are then unemployed or getting out of university, maybe they don't know exactly what they want to do to find them to come up with creatively with... What they want to do in life i guess
0: well i as i was saying you know i i do not feel uh with the right to tell people that an unemployed what they have to do because no i have no, no, nothing to say as i was saying uh, i feel grateful that uh, uh, thanks to the situations i had also had work for sure but uh, thanks to the situations i had i was able to manage my life more or less to do what i want and to get paid for that so Wonderful, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's fifty-five percent of just unemployment. This is crazy. There, are, we 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 didn't we didn't we just went out of a crisis. We didn't have time to recover, and another crisis began mm. that it didn't finish yet. I mean, it's it's just crazy. It's just crazy. No one especially also the, not, not just the people that are employees, but the people that were creating their little businesses that are actually the ones that sustain uh, uh, the economy of Spain and this kind of stuff, it's just, uh, it's just super crazy. I mean, and being with the situation, because I saw situations uh, since to, you know, be working with the and stuff, being in the situation of, you know, not having enough to be, to provide food to your children, that's just heartbreaking in a country that we're supposed to be more or less okay you know so I I, I do not consider I have the right to take nothing to these people but to the ones that are going out of the university with being all of us in there there is always going to be uncertainty not just in that moment and you're going to continue having challenges so you better get <laughs> used to that <laughs> I will say, but uh, no, not just. Actually, my sister just finished the the university. She studied applied uh, statistics. Now she was actually yesterday we <laughs> were having this conversation. She was like, uh, she is now studying. Um, I'm not sure how it's translated in English, but an opposition, una, una yeah, like for working in the public. Uh, mm. Uh, sector, uh, so she has to study a lot to do a very difficult exam, and then she gets a, a job in the public administration, or in this case, in INE, which is the National Institute of Statistics, and uh, and she even with that, that she's you know supposed to be in a in a. Um, in a in a good position because she's studying for a work that it doesn't have unemployment uh, practically because the uh, statici- yeah, statisticians. Yeah, sure. statisticians. They they do not almost have an employment rate in in, in Spain because they are very needed. (laughs) Study statistics. But uh, she was even still like, Carlota, you know, I know I have to be grateful and all of this, but I'm not sure I took the right decision. You know, there is for good and for bad, there is not a path that we have to follow. So I think the most important thing is. Being honest with ourselves, with what we like, with what we want, because we we just have this life, and then trying to manage as best as we can to be as near it uh, as we can to that.
1: Totally, basically. totally. And I think that really summarizes the the message that I I also want to help people and understand and get out through this podcast is yeah to be under, understand that it's there's always going to be uncertainty and doubting your action. But if you can create a little bit more confidence and understanding that challenges will always be present, then you'll be more powerful or more, yeah, compassionate towards yourself in the actions that you take. I also have a brother that's graduating soon. Um, <laughs> and then another brother is going to graduate a couple, in a couple of years. So I totally understand. And that's My why. Brother's yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where these, these thoughts come which is super interesting. I'd love to talk about creativity a little bit more because, as you're saying, that creativity is is something that is super fascinating, and I'm sure it's it can can be related to related to learning and developing oneself even more and more as a hu- human. And you're about to do your PhD, you said on creativity, right?
0: Okay, so I'm doing my second master in order to do my 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 PhD on creativity. And meanwhile, I mean, it's decided, but uh, I have to finish my master first. And um, I'm also currently just uh, writing a book with uh, Paco Bri that uh, is, well, PhD in I don't know how many stuff, and uh, he knows a lot about this stuff uh, regarding polymaths that are. to a, a kind of profile of people that they have very deep knowledge in two different areas and they are like super successful in both. Like, for example, Leonardo da Vinci, you know, arts and creating weapons, <laughs> these kind of things. And uh, on this, we, we find ourselves researching more and more on creativity. That was already a topic I was interested uh, in. And, uh, you know, so I was thinking that they came? This um, definition of polymats, for me, uh, it was, uh, it needs a revision. I mean, it's lacking something, you know, And w- which is like, where does it need, where does it come? All this need of create, because there are actually, you know, uh, Nobel prizes that are, uh, are uh, polymaths. that most of them, the ones, for example, that are on technologies or science, they all were, they all were practicing actually very well some kind of art, but not just that. They were all involved somehow in social stuff, like in a political party or with NGOs or with uh, debate groups, I don't know, different things. But, you know, to reach that level of uh, proficiency on two different, so different areas, you, you do not just need... Uh, the the um, the ability you do not you do not just need uh, to be uh, gifted somehow you need a lot of practice you know and what it means by practice it means a lot of hours either studying either practicing all of this stuff for all your life it means also like a need to pursue something until a level that it is just higher. And the question at the end is why you know where does it come all that need Mm. to 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 create to 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 develop yourself so much to to achieve a different level of of a specific area or of two in this case you know and we were investigating uh, a lot actually yesterday (laughs) i was investigating a lot about creativity and the brain and it seems like two of the characteristic of creative people are the intrinsic motivation and also the, the highly, um, highly sensitivity to, to problems, you know, to be able to realize things to, that needs to get better or, or, or things that need to be solved or these kind of things. And when we were speaking before about um, brain rewards, when, you know, when you solve a problem, you also get a reward. So if you mix the motivation <laughs> with the high sensitivity to problems, you solve a problem. You get in your brain a reward. You, 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 somehow you get more motivation over the motivation. I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't, I cannot position it and I cannot make any kind of confirmation right now. But I think there
1: is something
0: in there. <laughs> and it's going to appear in the book.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. That is super interesting, especially applying it to polymaths, which is a topic I think that's not super talked about.
0: Very, yeah, I mean, yesterday I was so motivated that it was shaking. Like, Darwin discovered in South I don't know yet, <laughs> but yeah, basically, my my usually life state.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Incredible! Just
0: taking me around the world, like I just realized something.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah! You want to share it with everybody? That's super cool. Is the book gonna be only in Spanish, or are you gonna translate it?
0: At the, at the beginning, it's gonna be in Spanish. We hope (laughs) it's going to be translated later. We'll see. Actually, it's going to be super cool because, uh, well, I mean, it's not nice that you are speaking like that about something, but Paco is super cool our mind when we speak about this topic just goes crazy and it's uh, super emotional mixed with mm, it's investigating a lot and structuring and this kind of stuff they're gonna be draws in the book they're gonna be tested they're gonna be everything they're putting all together in there so just just for fun is i think and we are trying to to validate the hypothesis that is complex in a very simple way that is uh, actually what I think is important so
1: yeah incredible well we're coming towards the end of our time here so I'm wondering is there anything that hasn't be said, been said or a question that you haven't answered yet in relation to Creativity, entrepreneurship.
0: So many. <laughs> I mean, I do not have the answers. I just usually have a lot of questions. <laughs> but uh, but no, actually, I, I wanted to share something since that the, that uh, that we are here and we can speak to. Uh, a broader uh, public. Uh, yeah. We just launched with uh, Lazaro 40 grants for NGO to have two months for free so they can create their website and they get four consultancies on growth and how to, to achieve fundraising from the point they are. So if they want, they can apply for it. that the Time is up. <laughs>
1: yeah. Amazing. Indeed, Lazaro is a super cool uh, company, I think. And with this, t- two free months for any NGO that wants to apply. I think it's a great opportunity to check it out. Thank you so much for sharing that as well. And I really appreciate your time. How can, if people want to know more about your work, can they contact you or follow you?
0: Uh, well, you either go to my LinkedIn linked, Carlota Corzo, and in case of checking out Lazaro, you just go to Lazaro lazarowith2citas.io. And there it is, the super beautiful website with uh, super nice.
1: Wow, amazing. So, Lazaro, to track... Uh, funding for NGOs on transparently Carlota uncovering the the future of creativity and doing so many things at the same time which I'm still super impressed by which I do as well my my mom
0: doesn't know what I'm doing usually (laughs) she just says I I I I manage things to happen
1: (laughs) that's oh amazing (laughs) yeah yeah I feel I think I feel the same awesome thank you so much for this Eye-opening and yeah, just wonderful conversation. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for listening to The Authentic Entrepreneur, hosted by myself, Oscar War. Before you leave, please go make sure to follow us on Instagram. And again, thank you so much to the amazing guest this episode. Mm-hmm.